welcome back to the 13914 podcast sponsored by the Limitless Broadcasting Network. I am so glad you have joined my conversation today and I can't wait for you to hear what God has put on my heart to share with you. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the 13914 podcast. It is February 8th. We are in the second week of February and the second week of my new series, Define Single. Now, last week was a hard week because I talked about kind of the culture around singleness, whether it's the world culture, my personal views of culture with singleness, and the church culture when it comes to singleness. And there was a challenge that I put out there that uh, we rethink how we talk to singles Um, not talking to them about the future of finding a mate, but talking to them about where they are and uh, helping them in the stage that they're in and celebrating the stage that they're in because this is not a bad stage, not a bad stage at all to be single. And as I say it, I'm I'm believing it more and more every day. (laughs) No, I've, I've believed it for a while, but I think it helps saying it every day to remind myself this is not a bad stage in life. This is a great stage in life. Now, today we're going to go a step in a different direction, still about singleness, but we're going to talk about what the Bible says about singleness. Now, there isn't much. There's about two passages that specifically kind of refer to singleness. Well, three that refer to singleness, but as singles, we can get a lot out of some of these different passages. It's just how we kind of look at them and how we understand them when we read them. But I'm going to look at uh, three different passages about what uh, the Bible says about singleness today and kind of talk about the context and some of the takeaways that we can get with what Jesus uh, and Paul says about our single life. So before we get into the Bible lesson, not really a Bible lesson, just a discussion. Uh, let's hear from our awesome sponsors. Check it out. Hey, it's Robert from Limitless Broadcasting, reminding you to tune in to Limitless Broadcasting Network anywhere you get your podcasts, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Check us out today. Yes, check out Limitless. They are a great sponsor, and you should definitely uh, see what they're up to over at LimitlessBroadcasting.com. Well, let's dive into it. Let's talk about what the Bible says about singleness. Now, I want to give a preface before we get into this, because when you read the Bible, a lot of the times, a lot of these passages are talking to men. And it's because of the culture and the time frame that they're in. They're talking about uh, men talking to men because men was the head of the household. Men were in charge. Women were, I mean, in not so pretty words, we were pretty much property. We were owned by our husband pretty much. Um, it, we didn't have any rights in the biblical times. Now, if you read the Bible, God doesn't talk to men about treating us like property. He actually tells us to treat us like the queens that we are. That is not a direct quote. That is my interpretation. Um, and, and vice versa. We're supposed to also treat our husbands uh the same way we're supposed to treat them with love and respect. So 
when we read some of these passages, I think we need to remember that, yes, women didn't really have the right to an education and and to all of these things. They couldn't just go off on their own. Um, But we can take uh, what that context is and kind of look at it in our cultural context because women do have those rights and women can have an education and do different things now. So I don't think God is just talking to men in the Bible. He is talking to all of us. And that's something we need to remember when we're reading these passages, that this isn't just for men, even though it is written kind of in that context with the pronouns and whatnot. But that is only because of the culture um, and the time frame that they were in. So let's move on. I just wanted to get that out there. The first passage that I actually want to read today is from Matthew. And the passage is from a section of the book where Jesus is actually talking to everyone about divorce um, and and if divorce is actually allowed. And Jesus kind of goes into about the Pharisees and about um Moses and the reason that God kind of gave them this divorce option when really that wasn't what God had in design for marriage, that divorce shouldn't be a thing. And he talks about um, in verse nine, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. So he's he's going through all these things. And because He's talking to them about this. The disciples have this question um, about marriage then, and it kind of pertains to singleness. So we're going to start in verse 10 of chapter 19. Uh, This is an NIV version, and it says, The disciples said to him, him as in Jesus, If this is the situation between a husband and a wife, is it better not to marry? Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it had, it has been given. I'm going to say that again. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. And then verse 12 goes on to say, for there are eunuchs uh, who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, the one who can accept this should accept it. So first off, eunuchs, if you do not know, eunuchs are um, referring to men who have um, been taken, who has been um, altered where they cannot produce or reproduce or give in to their sexual desires uh, in any such way. Um, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. If you want to know more about it, you can look it up. Uh, and, and research eunuchs, but it pretty much just means that uh, the sexual component is not part of their life anymore. So let's let's look at this a little bit. So the disciples are pretty much saying, well, if this can happen, if we can't divorce our wife, other than the fact that it's sexual morality or blah, 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 should we just not marry? Which is an interesting question because technically... Technically, if they do not marry, they're not supposed to have any sort of um, of that marriage bed uh, happenings at all. So I don't think they really I wonder if they really understood that concept when they were asking this question. But that's just me wondering. Um, But then Jesus says, not everyone can accept this word. So what got what I think Jesus is saying is not everyone accepts the fact that. 
um, singleness is a good idea because of our sexual desires, because of our sinful nature when it comes to some of those things. Singleness is not for everyone. Not everyone can accept me saying singleness is a good thing. And I mean, it, it is hard to accept that. I, if we look back in Genesis, uh, God created Eve to have a partner for Adam. We were not designed to be single. We were not designed to be alone. God decided to create that. Um, but there is a beauty in singleness. And you can choose that life of singleness, that celibacy, to focus in on God. And what I really love is pairing this scripture with uh, Paul, because Paul talks about singleness a couple times in 1 Corinthians. Um, But in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about singleness twice in the same chapter. Or if it's in the same chapter, it might just be talked about once. It's just how you look at it. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, This first part I'm going to read is seven through eight. Well, first, Paul in this part of the chapter is talking about concerning married life. So here's here's what I find funny. Um, Whenever singleness is brought up between Jesus and Paul, it's because they're talking about married life. Go figure. Um, So seven and eight says, I wish that all of you were as I am. Now, that just means single. Paul is single. He never got married Uh, He never went into that life. He stayed single. He stayed celibate his whole life. Um, Going on. But each of you as your own gift from God. One has this gift. Another has that. So Paul wishes all of us could stay single. Paul wishes we could all be like him. But he also knows that every person has a different gift. Some people are gifted with a good with marriage. Some people are not. It's it's however God kind of has pushed your life or, or, or showed you your path. Uh, so Paul does understand that not everyone can be single. Just like Jesus was saying, he understands not everyone can accept the word that singleness is good. Uh, now, verse eight says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So Paul's advice is to stay single. Paul wants us to understand that singleness has a beauty to it that we sometimes don't understand. And he explains that why later in verses 25 through 40, which is a whole section concerning, at least my Bible calls it concerning the unmarried. Now, it's 25 through 40, and I am going to read most of it. I might skip around a little bit. Now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. So pretty much he's saying that this is not, I am not the Lord, but I am trustworthy of the Lord. So this is, this is what I think. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from a commitment? Do not look from a wife. So what he's saying is he thinks it's good for a man, and we can also extend that to a woman now, um, 
to stay to remain as they are to remain a virgin uh, but he is saying, if you're already pledged to somebody, if you're already engaged, if you're already married, stay that way. Don't like break it off just because of this. Like you've made a commitment, continue the course. And then he also said, if you're free from commitment, if you don't have a commitment, continue that course. Don't go looking for a wife. Don't go looking, at least for my context as a woman, don't go looking for a husband. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. If those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. I'm going to say that again. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. Now, let's be real. Married or unmarried, there are troubles in this world. But I get what he's saying because he goes on later um, to say this. In verse 32, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can she please her husband? I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in its undivided devotion to the Lord. Okay, so what Paul is saying, to bring some context to it, Paul is saying that a single life means that you can devote yourself to the Lord, that you can worry about what the Lord worries about, that you can spend more time with him, that you can attend to the Lord's affairs. And he's saying that when you're married, when you're committed to somebody, you can't do that as well. Your your interests are divided, divided. You're more worried about pleasing your husband or your wife than you are about pleasing the Lord. Which I'm not married. I don't know if that's true. That might be one of my questions I ask my guest at the end of the month um, about. So it's a good one to think on. But I think Paul has a point there because looking at my own life, looking at where I am, I have been able to do what God wants me to do. I've been able to go back to school for my ministry degree. I've been able to um, become a small group leader when I did. And when I became a small group leader, when I walked into God's ministry in that middle school er uh, section of our church, I totally devoted myself to helping these kids and showing them God's love and and praying for them and and just being with them. I I honestly planned my whole life, my whole year, my whole day, my whole week, month, etc. around pouring in to these kids because I knew that's what God called me to do. And I continuously did it through my time with that past church and now I'm and now, being graduated, when I was looking for my next steps, if God wanted me to stay or if he wanted me to leave, he's like, hey, I want you to go. I want you to go to Nebraska. I need you to go love on the kids there in Nebraska. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't, I, I can just go because I didn't have anybody else that I needed to discuss it with. Now, I'm not saying that in married life that God doesn't help pull you both in the same direction. I just saying that there's not that extra step of making sure we're both on the same page. I can just hear what I need to hear from God and go. And, and honestly, I kind of enjoy that. Be, I, I kind of enjoy 
just focusing on the next steps that God wants me to do, that I'm not worried about somebody else's needs, that I can worry about God's um, affairs, God's wills, God's path, what God wants me to focus on, which has been so cool to be able to do. And I think it's such a fun part of my ministry right now. Not saying that it won't be fun if someday God leads me to marriage. Um, I truly believe that God, if God leads me to a guy to marry, that he is going to be someone who supports my ministry and supports um, what I love to do, and that's youth ministry and children's ministry. But right now, in this stage of life, where I am right now, I, I resonate with Paul. I understand Paul. I, I agree with Paul that it is easier to follow God and to focus in on God than to have to worry about a partner. And my interests aren't divided. My my interests are in one. Now, my interests are divided in other aspects like friends and, and my other job and some other stuff I want to do. And I have to battle that. But it, it's just stuff. It's not actually like a person next to me. It's it's different in a way, or at least I I believe it is. So in context, or just looking at the context of, of what Jesus is talking about and what Paul's talking about, single life is actually a good thing, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, because you can focus in on, on the mission. You can focus in on, on your calling and, and where God wants you to go and what God wants you to do, whether that calling is in the ministry field, like a church or ministry field of like your current job or, or wherever you're going to go. Singleness isn't a bad thing. Actually, it's, it's a good thing. It's something that I don't even know how to put it into words other than it is a good thing. It is, it is a, um, right thing and it isn't looked down upon in the Bible. It's actually, lifted up and suggested by Jesus and by Paul. Jesus being more important, one who said it, just FYI. Um, Paul just said it later, agreeing with Jesus. Um, So yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So my challenge to the ones who are in this stage of life or lifestyle, whichever one you want to describe it as, my challenge to you is what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on going through the dating apps and trying to find your Prince Charming or your Cinderella or whatever reference you want to make? Or are you focusing in on Jesus and drawing closer to him and um, finding the path that he wants you to go on? You really need to stop and think about that. Think about where you are in this stage. Because from someone who has gone through many ups and downs in this stage, when you are sitting there focusing on your happily ever after, it's going to make you just feel so depressed because it's not the most important thing. Marriage is not the end goal. Jesus is. Spending eternity with God is our end goal. So challenge yourself. To start deleting the dating apps and focusing in on the one true king, our heavenly father, God, and growing that relationship closer. Because I really do think that when we focus in on God, when we find our happily ever after, quote unquote, uh, it's because we weren't focusing on it. 
that we were following God's path. And when we find it, it's that time in God's path for us to find it. I really do truly believe that. And that's why I'm living the way that I'm living now. I do want to end today with two different quotes. Uh, This first one I wanted to end with last uh, episode and I totally forgot. So I want to share it. It was on my Instagram this week, but it's from Mandy Hall. And it's not a Christian quote. It's just a quote about singleness, but I really like it. And I think it goes along with everything. Single is no longer a lack of options, but a choice. A choice to refuse to let your life be defined by your relationship status, but to live every day happily and let your ever after work itself out. And I really, truly believe that is something we can apply to all of our lives, including our Christian walk, because if we live every day with Jesus, the ever after part is going to work itself out at some point in time, whether it's sooner or later. And it might be later. It might be my freshman year of college. There was a lady who talked to us during Valentine's Day week, and she didn't find her husband till she was 40. And I remember sitting in the chapel thinking, please, Jesus, don't let that be my story. Please, Jesus, no, please, please, please let me find him sooner. And I am 32 going on 33. And the closer I get to 40, the more I'm like, I wonder if that was a preparation for me to have lots and lots of patience. Sometimes I wonder. Oh, boy. And then the other quote um, I want to end with is from Kristen Bell, like one of my favorite actresses, uh, Anna in uh, Frozen, all the things. She says, every woman in her late 20s goes through a period where she just doesn't believe love is out there anymore. Also in her 30s, she goes through this, just FYI. But it is. And I think the minute you stop looking for it is when it comes for you. Now, I don't believe that it comes for everyone. Some of us might actually be called into singleness. Uh, But I do believe that when we stop looking and when we start focusing on what's important and for for the Christian faith, what's important is Jesus Christ in front of us, uh, is when it will more than likely come along, whether it takes a year, whether it takes five years, whether it takes a couple decades. I I do believe when we're not focusing on it, that's when something beautiful can come out of it. Uh, Whether it is the realization that singleness is your forever lifestyle or whether it's finding your um, quote unquote happily ever after uh, later on in life or earlier in life. So yeah, I just wanted to leave you with those two quotes. Uh, the first one was on my Instagram. The next, This last one will be on my Instagram this Friday if you would like to see it. But next week, oh boy, next week, get ready because I am going to try to give you some advice on getting through and sitting in this lifestyle of singleness because it is not easy. We're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about uh, mindset. And we're going to talk about some really hard challenges. So get ready next week because I'm going to be the most vulnerable I've ever been uh, in this coming episode. So have a great rest of your week. Don't hide too much on Sunday coming up because Sunday is going to be the 14th. And I will see you on Monday the 15th for a brand new episode. Later, everyone. 
Thank you for listening to the 13914 podcast with me, Ashley Danny, brought to you by the Limitless Broadcasting Network. I am so thankful that you came by to hang out with me today. And don't forget, you all are fearfully and wonderfully made. Till next time, everyone. Bye.